Hi, my name is Sophia, and the Old Testament reading is found in Genesis 1, 26 to 27. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, after our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, and over the livestock, and over all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The word of the Lord. Good morning, my name is Carmen, and the New Testament reading is found in Romans chapter 5, verses 18 through 6, verse 2. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? The word of the Lord. Thank you for standing for the gospel reading. My name is David. The gospel reading is taken from John 1, 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. The Gospel of the Lord. Please stay standing while we pray. Lord, we turn our attention intentionally to you right now, and I ask for all of us that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that understand that we would turn to you, that you would heal us, God. Heal us in a way that we truly become alive in your presence by your work and grace. We love you, we trust you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, take a seat, take a seat. And again, welcome to Family Sunday. I have for you prepared a very lovely short, about 10-minute sermonette, so buckle up for that, okay? Glenn sends his love. He sends it from all the way over the pond in England. Um, he is in his doctoral program, if you didn't know that, and a couple times a year he has to head over there to do some stuff, and so he's, he's over there doing it, but he wanted to say, make sure they know that I love them and I miss them. So, faithful message, he loves you, he really loves you, and he misses you so much. So he'll be back next week. Other than that, it is Family Sunday. We're taking a break from the Nicene Creed series for this one week, and we're going to delve into a family-oriented message that all of us can relate to, and it's going to be over the image of God. 
When you guys walked in today, big kids, maybe you grabbed a goodie bag. Little kids, hopefully you grabbed a goodie bag. But in that goodie bag is a lot of really cool things. And when I say big kids, I mean because there's an actual stress ball in there for us adults, because I'm sure that's what we need. I think that's packed in for us. And then the kids get some drawing and some coloring and stuff like that. But even those bags have to do with the image of God. In the beginning, if we start in the beginning, a very good place to start, we begin with God creating. And when he gets to man and woman, he says, let us make them in our image. And what I want to talk today about is kind of going a little bit into definition of what is the image of God and how does that image actually reflect? Maybe what happened to that by sin and then what is our response to that via redemption? So to start, God created us in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Have you ever stopped and wondered, what does it mean that I'm created in the image of God? What does it mean? Well, I'm glad you asked, because we're going to talk about it right now. I think we think about this as almost this badge of like, yeah, image of God right here. Thank you very much. But it's so much more than just a simple badge of image, because there's in that image something actually being reflected, and what that is is the very attributes and character of who God is. So when we're saying that we carry his image or we're made in his image, I think what he's really saying is part of me and who I am, I'm instilling in who you are and how you've been made as human beings, that then you can go and reflect that to one another and, and people will know what God is like because of what you have the capacity to be like as well. So if you will entice me a little bit right now, we're going to have a little bit of interaction we're going to warm up first with a little bit of yelling, and then I want you to yell out. I know, Family Sunday is crazy. Kids, this might be your one chance to ever yell in church and not be thought of as like, inappropriate and weird, okay? Usually yelling you know, it emits, shh, today it's good answer, guys. Like it. So what I want you guys to yell out in just a second is words that help define how we are actually made in the image of God. Theologians would describe it this way. There are communicable attributes and there are incommunicable attributes. Break that down a little bit because that's a word that none of us have probably ever used. Communicable, commune, to commune, community, communication. It's basically a sharing in, a sharing with, or an interaction, an interchange of. So when we're sharing in you know, location or relationship, a lot of times we call that community. It's a sharing. When we're sharing words and ideas, it's communication. In this case, we're saying communicable attributes of God. There are ways that God is that we as humans get to share in, ways that we get to be made like him or are made like him. It's really fun. So what I would like you to do, and I'm going to steal this example because it's the easiest one out there. I'm really sorry for anybody who's thought of it. For instance, God is love, and he is loving, and we can be loving as well. Therefore, we are like God when we love, and we share that attribute and that capacity to be like him. What I would like you guys to do, and front row, you might have to help repeat some of these answers because I'm slightly hard of hearing, is yell out ways in which we are like God. So to practice, because we're not used to this, on the count of three, I would like you just to give a little yell, a little whoop, just to, just to loosen up. It's okay to yell in church today, okay? One, two, three. <laughs> Feels good, doesn't it? All right. On the count of three, I would like you to start yelling out words that describe this is God and I get to be like God in this attribute. Ready? One, two, three. That was so good. I understood none of it, okay? So one at a time, just start yelling out, and I'll see if I can't pick it up. I heard some over here. 
Joyful? Loving. God is joyful. God is loving. I can be joyful. I can be loving. I share in God's image in that way. Okay, keep going. Forgiving. Up front. I'm sorry. That's easy. You're close. I can actually hear what you're saying. Perfect. God forgives. We can forgive. It's a way in which we are made in his image and we can be like God. Forgiving. What else? Just. God has a capacity to be just. He is just. And we can act in that way too. Just. Creative. Oh, that is one of my favorite ones. And I think one that we overlook. Artists in the house, parents, kids, when you were drawing, when you were being creative, you were reflecting the very image of the creator God. It's so good. Okay, what else? A couple more. Generous. Oh, that's a good one. God is a generous God. We can be generous with one another, generous back to God. It's a way to reflect his image and the way that we are made in his image. Okay, one more, and then we'll wrap it up. (laughs) I heard kind and I heard angry. Both good answers, all right? Because it's true. God is kind, but he also shows anger. In the first service, someone yelled it out, hate. Yes, God hates sin. Paul describes in Romans 12, hate what is evil. There's capacity in all of us in saying the way that we're made as beings, as persons, our capacity, when we experience and express these things, it is experiencing and expressing the image of the creator made in us and how we've been made. An official list along with the ones that we've put up, just some ones that theologians would say is spirit. God is a being who is spirit. We have a spirit part of our beings. We share in that. He is a personal God. We're personal. Good. Holy. He is holy. We in him can be holy as well and we can share in that attribute, loving, truthful, and wise perfect. There's also a whole flip side to that that says there are ways that God is that we can never share and in, in, in he's, he's so great that we can't actually reflect that part of his image. Any examples of that that you guys can shout out? Omnipresent. Good theological word. I like that. I literally cannot be everywhere all the time. Therefore, I cannot be like God. We would call that an incommunicable attribute. We can't share in it like God. All-knowing, sovereign. What's, what's the rest of my list? I'll just blow through this one real quick. Omnipresent, omniscient, um, yeah, transcendent, imminent, immutable, infinite, and even internal. Infinite and internal. This is great. We are eternal beings at this point because we share in the eternal life of Jesus. But we have a beginning. God has no beginning and no end. So we cannot share in that attribute with him. Well done, class. Give yourselves a hand. That was, you yelled in church. Mm, Family Sunday. So we've now established that God has created us in his image, and there is a part of us that still reflects that image. It's when we're creating, when we're kind, even when we're angry, angry and righteous anger. Any of those things reflect God to those around us. The image of God shines through. A recap of this within the creation story. God did this. He created us in his image. Sin does this. It comes in and it taints or mars or even dims that image. If, God, if the way that God is is shining bright, what happens when sin is added to that or wrongdoing or anything in that category, it's almost like it just turns down the light on in the image of God actually being reflected through or it just it mars it. It's, it's, a, it's a stain blot on the perfection in which God made it. But the good news in all of it is that Jesus has come, and he's redeemed and restored this image. I want to make this a little bit personal for just a minute, and we're going to show this video. And if you could play the video and then pause it just on that first initial scene. It's a really short video, and I'm going to talk under it. Think of creation like a blank canvas. 
a blank canvas that even when we were born, there was probably innocence there, and unless we're born with you know, original sin, in which case we'll talk about that some other time, not on a Sunday morning when we can't figure out that problem. But in creation, even before the fall, it was perfect. God created us in his image, and that image was a blank canvas. It was pure, it was white, it was holy, it was untainted, unmarred. Nothing had ever been done to it. But then sin comes in, don't play it yet, and it's like this little kid scribbling on this thing. It's kind of like what sin does. It comes in and it, it has the capacity to, to destroy the image of perfection a little bit, to damage it maybe, to mess it up if you might, so that the image maybe isn't as clear or at the very least wasn't as perfect as it was before. But the good news is that we have a God who doesn't stop with that sin. And even better than that, we have a God who doesn't get rid of it. So if you will, imagine with me our, our, our canvases of our life being made in his image, our sin coming on and being drawn under it. And maybe there's a situation even that you can apply to this video and start thinking through. I'm, I'm in this present situation, this present sin, this present struggle, this present fight, which is actually, it seems like it's really kind of marring in the image of God in my life. You can go ahead and press play. The image of God was perfect. And in the midst of that, we came in and, and marred it. But the great news of the gospel is that God is bigger than that situation or that sin. And he's more creative than just pressing the reset button. He's the guy who says, I'm going to take that on and I'm going to redeem the whole of it. I'm the creator God who is going to be so creative in redemption and salvation that I'm going to make something more out of this picture than it could have been without the sin. There's this weird idea that we think it's only in good things that the image of God can come through. But isn't it sin itself that gives us the opportunities to see grace applied? If there was no sin, would we have known a capacity for God's grace as much as we do today? Or our sorrow? If we had no sorrow, where would be the capacity to see the Lord's comfort in that situation? Or what about wrongdoing when we've been trespassed against? If there was the, not the stain of trespass, would we not see the forgiveness of the Lord that much more clearly. So yeah, it's not perfect like it was in the beginning. But it's created an opportunity for the image of God, the creator God, the creative God to shine through all the more to show his forgiveness, to show his grace. Isn't our God great, guys? Amen. So what then do we do with this? I, I, I recently had a son, and my son is, this is family service, right? There's kids in here or something. Parents, do you see yourself and your kids? Sometimes I do. Not by the way he acts, but right now by the way that he looks. <laughs> and he does that when he's happy, and I see myself in him and specifically his nose bridge when he's mad. Because what he does, he goes, and this little cleft in his nose, I just go, oh man, I'm sorry about that, dude. 
happens, man. But parents, your role as a parent is to call out of your children the good, the beautiful, the wise, the loving, the image of God as a parent. You're saying, I'm going to nurture you and care for you and direct you into the way of God, and I'm going to try to draw it out of you, little child, as you grow up, so that what is good, what is right, what is pure, what is noble, what is lovely will be seen in your life because the potential is there. It's the way that they were created. But I'm also told in kids, I haven't gotten there yet except for the midnight crying, and even that's not really existent in my life, but I'm told that sometimes our kids remind us of the taintedness, right? (laughs) Man alive, kid. What do I do with this? I think we take a page out of this notebook from this artist's drawing to say, you know what this opportunity is? It's opportunity for forgiveness. It's opportunity for loving kindness, mercy, grace, correction. That the sin is not the end with our God, but the sin becomes, unfortunately, but oh, so fortunately, opportunity to see God's person, his character all the more when we apply his, his nature, the nature, the capacity in us to forgive, if there was no sin, we would not need it. But since there is, we can shine God through all the more in our lives to those around us, amen? So this is our call today. The weight of glory, C.S. Lewis, I'm gonna end on this little note that he makes. And he sets it up to talk about the image of God, the weight of glory, as he puts it, is the fact that we are in interacting with the mortal beings every day made in the image of God. On the last page of his little snippet about the weight of glory, he says this, you have never talked to a mere mortal. Next to the blessed sacrament itself, the communion that we're about to partake in, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. If he is your Christian neighbor, he is holy in almost the same way, For in him also Christ, the glorifier and the glorified, glory himself is truly hidden. Take a moment, look next to you at your kid, look next to you at your neighbor. Glory itself is hidden in the immortal, eternal beings that we get to be participating in with Christ now. And we as the church get to say yes and amen to the work of Christ's redemption by saying, no, it's not the end. It's an opportunity for something more creative, more beautiful than it may have, could have been without this. Can I add to this part of the situation that looks marred or stained or sinned, and can I help draw out the actual image of God within it? Can I draw out or give opportunity to express forgiveness so that God can be seen all the more? And we get to, we get to participate in great redemption by seeing a hope that is greater than the sin itself that sin is not the end, and we get to play a part in calling it out of one another. Would you bow your heads with me today as we come to this table? And would you just help personalize this for me? Think of a situation, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's coworkers, friends, marriage, Something you know that you've, that's gone on in life and you've never shared with anybody. But one of those situations that's a little bit marring, a little bit tainted because of what we've done. And then just start imagining 
Use your prophetic imagination to realize the work of the Lord and what he wants to do in it to redeem it. The work of the Lord that he says, this is not the end, but this is opportunity to show myself even more. That like our New Testament reading said, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. He doesn't look at you and say, I don't know what to do. He looks at you and goes, I got an idea. I got a redemptive idea. I got a restorative idea to make this into something beautiful for my purposes. So Lord, we come and we bring those things to the table today, delighting and rejoicing in your great salvation and redemption and glorifying you all the way through. Would you work in our lives? Would you redeem and restore and transform the image of sin in us to actually be something that starts glorifying you? That we would see you not just in perfection, but also in forgiveness. Not just in doing right, but also in being able to forgive the wrong. That the world may know that you are real and that we are made in your image. In Jesus' name we pray.